This presentation has been previously broadcast. When you think of someone in the Bible who is famous for doubting, someone who doesn't have faith, they don't believe what has been told to them, who comes to mind? Well, the famous doubter in Scripture that we all know, it's doubting Thomas. He's not with the other apostles, and he doesn't believe them when they tell him that Jesus is alive. They've seen him resurrected. But I actually think there are other people in Scripture who show far more doubt, far more unbelief. Stay with me. I'll tell you who the real doubters are coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Rayner. Happy Friday. Hope you're having a good start to this last weekday and heading into the weekend. So having just come through the season of Advent a couple of weeks ago, there's actually someone in the events leading up to the birth of Christ, someone who expresses such doubt that he's punished for his unbelief. I'm talking about Zechariah. The archangel Gabriel, he tells Zechariah that he and his wife Elizabeth, they're going to have a son. That'll be John the Baptist. But because of their age, because Elizabeth is, as Zechariah puts it, quote, advanced in years. (laughs) How would you like your husband to say that to you? (laughs) You're advanced in years. Because uh, Zechariah questions and doubts what is told him, the archangel Gabriel, he tells Zechariah that because he did not believe what was told him, he's going to be struck mute until after the birth of John. And that's exactly what happens. We see a very similar scene in the Old Testament. It's kind of a foreshadowing of the birth of John the Baptist. Um, uh, There's so much more that goes on there that foreshadows so many other things. But this event, it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. God, he is talking with Abraham. He's actually just changed the name of Abram to Abraham. And he says that he's going to make Abraham the father of this multitude, these numerous nations. God also tells Abraham that Sarah, his wife, is going to give birth to a son. God will fulfill his promise of giving all these descendants to Abraham through this son that's yet to be born to Sarah. Now, the biggest problem is that Sarah is quite old. As Zechariah put it, advanced in years. So when God is telling Abraham that Sarah is going to have a son. Abraham himself, he's 99 at that point. Sarah, she is 90 years old. And do you know what Abraham's initial response to God is before he says anything? And you can read this for yourself in the 17th chapter of Genesis. It states that Abraham fell on his face and laughed. He laughed right at what God told him. And he laughed so hard that he couldn't keep upright. He couldn't keep standing or sitting or whatever posture he had had before that. And then when Abraham tells Sarah this news, that she's supposed to give birth to a son at her age, she also laughs at the idea. They both think it's preposterous. But then that laughing, it changes. Instead of laughing at the absurd, laughing at the impossible, Abraham and Sarah, their laughter becomes joyful joyous laughing when they do indeed have a newborn little boy, and they name him Isaac, a name which literally means laughter. But whether it's Zechariah or Abraham or Sarah or even doubting Thomas, God doesn't give up on them. He doesn't let their doubt, their their unbelief, stall the work that he wants to do in them 
and through them. I'd like you to actually think now for a moment about what might have happened if any one of them had believed what was told them right away, if they hadn't doubted. Do you remember the story of the Roman centurion? He asks Jesus to heal his servant who is paralyzed, suffering at his home. And when he asks this, Jesus says, yes, I'll go to your home. But the centurion stops Jesus and says, that's not necessary. He believes. He believes totally and absolutely that Jesus has the authority and the power to heal his servant. Jesus is so amazed at the faith of the centurion, and he tells him, he says, be it done for you as you have believed. And this story is so important that we even repeat those words of the centurion. We personalize them. They're adapted so that we can say them about ourselves. We say them at Mass right before we receive the Eucharist. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. So which one are you? Are you like the centurion? Do you have that absolute trust, that faith in God? Or are you like Zechariah or Abraham or Sarah or Thomas? Far too often I fall in that second category. I doubt instead of trusting. Now, we all wrestle with doubts at different points in our spiritual lives. And this is what we want to talk about today on The Inner Life. We want to look at those times when we do doubt And we want to talk about how we can strengthen our faith. And then when trials and difficulties come our way, when there's some sort of challenge in our life, how can we stand firm in our knowledge of God's plan for us, knowing that he loves us, that he wants to take care of us? How can we grow in trust? How can we grow in faith so that our doubts don't get the best of us? Well, this is what we're talking about today on The Inner Life, and our spiritual director, I'm very glad to welcome for his very first time on the program, Father Michael Harchi. And Father Harchi is a priest in the Diocese of Columbus. He is the moderator of the Curia there in the diocese, and is currently studying canon law just uh, north of the border up in Canada. Father Harchi, welcome to The Inner Life. Glad to have you here today. Hey, Josh. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, and since it is your first time, before we uh, get into the topic of overcoming doubts in our spiritual life, uh, can you just tell us a little about yourself uh, from the Diocese of Columbus? Is that where you grew up, or did you move there later? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is where I grew up. Uh, we moved around as a family a lot, um, kind of when I was younger, but but settled here pretty much at the end of first grade, beginning of second grade. So yeah, Columbus is uh, is, is definitely home. Um, and it's really, yeah, to, to me, where I, you know, kind of discovered a vocation, I guess, you know, just being being that young and then, and then um, going to mass and just having the example of, of my, my parents and just, and, and good priests in, in my life at the parish. And then, uh, in our, our extended family, um, just, uh, in many ways kind of just thought, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything else but this. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, but it wasn't that easy <laughs> as it rarely is. <laughs> so. Right. Well, no, every, every yeah. journey has its own, you know, yeah. unique kind of, uh, experience, even though there might be similarities between certain, uh, certain paths that yeah. we take. Um, when you, when did you know that that was the calling that God had for your life? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to put a finger on like when I knew, but for as, as long as I can remember, at least since I was like serving mass, it became more clear that like, I just wanted to be 
around priests. You know, I, I, I liked I liked being in church. I liked serving mass and and all that. And 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 not that I wanted to to be one, but I, I knew I liked being around them and being around like like that environment. Um, and and so yeah, that just stuck with me. For 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 my whole life throughout high school and and we have a, a seminary in Columbus the the Josephinum and so made a visit there in high school for like a you know college live in kind of continue to discern um a high school classmate of mine friend of mine was you know was you know on that and, and that same discernment weekend he he was pretty sure he wanted to be a priest and so um so we went and we, we, he and I continued to talk about it and I I talked about it with uh you know, priests in my my parish and and priests who, who again were were family members and, um, but just wasn't like certain. You know, I I kind of thought I wanted to do it, but wasn't certain that that God was was calling me to, and and that was, um, yeah, a little bit of a struggle. So went to went to university first, and then and then went to the, the seminary after that. Very good, and and so yeah. now you're in Canada. Uh, you're studying canon yeah. law, and you're also the moderator for the curia there in your diocese. For anybody who might be unfamiliar with that term, curia, what is the curia for a diocese, and then what is that role that you hold as moderator? Yeah, yeah, uh, good question. Um, the curia is just kind of like those those diocesan offices that help help a bishop. Um, run the diocese effectively. So everything from, you know, tribunal to offices of evangelization, um, liturgy offices, uh, marriage and family life, all those, those types of things. And the, the, the moderator then is, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, uh, um, it's a, it's, it's not a required position <laughs> that, that he would have, but it's, it's one that, uh, if, if the bishop would, would see it as effective, could, could appoint one. So, yeah, I was made moderator of the Curia, um, like, uh, about a year after I was, was asked to come up to the Chancery and, and work there, and and it's not that I really had much oversight. We were going through a lot of transition in that time, and kind of still are. Not that I had a lot of oversight in those in those offices, but I, I think the bishop who, who named me that wanted to, um, you know, very graciously, I guess, maybe give me a, a title of a little bit more... Um, responsibility for some of the things that we were working on, which at that time was like a, a diocesan kind of future planning process, um, having a lot of meetings around, around the diocese and, and asking people their opinions about some, you know, some potential um, efforts on evangelization and, and, and even some various structures and, and, and possible mergers and things like that. So that's kind of what I was working on with that, um, you know, with that, Title, I guess, Very and uh, and now 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 I'm here trying to get more expert in in the law so we can help uh, implement some of that whenever the time comes. Well, and maybe another time we can talk about canon law and why that is important. Sure, what, sure. what that what that involves, yeah. but you know that'll take up the rest of the hour yeah. here if we start going yeah, to exactly. that right now. So, well, Father, um, let's talk about when we face doubts in our spiritual life, our spiritual journey. Um, first of all, I, I'm always a big fan of defining terms. How can we maybe better understand, as we're talking about doubt, you know, when when we're struggling and it's true doubt, you know, what's the difference between mm-hmm. maybe being cautious and, you know, yeah. not, not falling into an area where we're being gullible or foolish or naive? Uh, you know, what is actual doubt in our faith life? Yeah, and I think for a lot of us, like, we hear that word and we can— we kind of generally know what it is, but yeah, to try to put a little 
finer point on it, we can maybe think of it in, in a couple of different ways. So like maybe in a stricter sense of just our, our mind sort of suspending judgment on something, and sometimes because of like uh, fear or, or error that, that we might be in. So that's, that's, that's one way. So, so the mind or the intellect is suspending a judgment on something, sometimes because of, of fear or error. We can get in more into that too. But then maybe a second way too, a little bit, a little bit broader and, and, and might be more relatable for people is just like lacking certitude. And we kind of um, go between contrary decisions, even if those are two good contrary decisions. So like, um, you know, changing if somebody changing a, a job, do I stay in one job or, or go to a, go to another one? I have two job offers. Like, which one do I do I pick? So, so, so just the mind lacking lacking certitude and and going in between these two contrary decisions, even if those even if those are are kind of two good decisions. Um, and then too, like so, we can add in virtue the virtues in, in all this uh, too. Like and like you said, so so not not to do something you know, foolhardily or, or and maybe to be uh, timid or something like that, but that virtue of prudence, you know, just right reason and action, that really, uh, that, that can help us. And cultivating prudence in, in little ways uh, can help us then with those uh, other situations where we might, um, might doubt and, and the decisions are more consequential in our lives. Right. Well, you know, as you're talking about two goods that we might be wrestling between, and, and I do want to get back to what you were saying about, you know, the fear or, you know, that, that mm. worry of error. So let, let's let's circle back to that in a moment. But when you're talking about two goods, you know, it sounds like they're, we're really talking about kind of doubt being more of a neutral experience for us in the spiritual life. But then there are also times where it's going to be at least in some degree spiritual warfare. I'm thinking even going back to the original story of Adam and Eve, you know, when Satan comes to Eve as the serpent in the garden, his main his main attack, his main ploy is to make her doubt what God has told her about eating the fruits from any of the trees. You know, he's he's kind of bringing in these questions, did God really say this? Is that really right. what, you know? Um and so when we look at that, you know, how do we, I guess, understand when doubts might be in that realm of coming from mm-hmm. Satan, from the devil, from one of, you know, his demons? Um, or, or is it maybe even more complex? Is it tied to the stain of original sin, and now we all just inherit that because of the sin of Adam and Eve? Yeah, Josh, no, that's it's good to bring that up, because that's something that you know, it wasn't like it just happened, you know, way back when with, with our first parents, and we just kind of read about it in Genesis. I mean, you're right, the, the devil still does that. You know, he still uses, um, sows these seeds of, of doubt in our lives, and, and, and most, uh, uh, you know, kind of effectively in, in making people kind of doubt God's provident love for them. But, but in those cases, so yeah, you bring up a, a good point. In those cases, like, we would, we would want to then apply these good moral principles that we have to particular cases that we're, we're faced with. So as far as, you know, we can't, um, 
you know, unjustly harm someone. Uh, so, and, and, you know, and, 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 and we are, are meant to preserve life, you know, for instance. So it's something that people face a lot of times is um, a loved one uh, coming to, to the end of their life. They're in uh, significant, significant pain. Um, we want to, we, we don't want to like listen to those, those um, temptations to like, doubt God's presence in that person's life and that, you know, in that hospital room or in that hospice room or, or, or something like that. And, uh, and then, and then continue to, to, with, with right mind and, and right reason, apply these, these sort of moral principles. So we can say, and again, just for that example, you know, we can, um, not willfully, um, like hasten that person's, um, demise, but we can, you know, try to make them uh, comfortable, and you know, give them some some medication to to ease the, the the pain, which is oftentimes you know significant in those in those moments. So so yeah, uh, overcoming doubt can can uh, can really be done by applying those those moral principles that we do know and, and learn, and you know, and hopefully parish priests and and oftentimes they provide really uh, good guidance to families on that and um, uh, and those yeah and those in those you know, particular uh, situations. And, and we can find many other uh, examples, I guess, but, but just that, 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 that sort of fundamental, um, fundamental uh, thing of, of applying these, these moral, in these areas of doubt, applying these, these moral principles um, to help, to these concrete situations to, to help us, um, to help us make a decision. Talking with Father Michael Hartje today here on The Inner Life about the doubts that we face in our lives, and how about you? When have you struggled with doubt in your life? And what has helped you to be able to move past those doubts, maybe to put into action those moral principles that Father is talking about here? Maybe right now you're struggling with doubts, things that are really just weighing on you, and you'd like to speak with Father Hartje. You can call in and... Uh, seek his advice, his insight, and the phone number here to call into the studio, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Uh, Father, as you're talking about those moral principles that we can apply in the different specific situations and thinking about times where doubt can be uh, you know, it, it can it can come. You know, Satan or one of his demons—they're kind of the catalyst to start that doubtful thinking, that back and forth that we have, kind of intellectually. Is there ever a point where doubting itself can be sinful, or does it kind of fall into the same realm as like temptation? You know, temptation's not itself a sin; it's only what you do out of that temptation that could possibly be sinful. Is doubting kind of the same way that? You know, it's only the actions that you take that the doubt might lead to that could be the sin itself. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it, it, it does kind of depend. I mean, so we, we, I mean, we do have, like, involuntary and, and voluntary doubt. And so, you know, in, in a case of, um, of involuntary, we just might not be, be sure of something, but, but, you know, voluntary doubt, we could willfully not want to know the 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 answer especially as far as we have a question about some kind of divine uh, divinely revealed um truth or or something like that and we can just um you know be be unwilling to uh to investigate that 
and uh, in, in, the, in the proper ways. And so, yeah, that, that, that voluntary doubt, then it could be very, very damaging. We could, without mincing words, I guess it can lead someone to, to, to heresy or apostasy or schism or, or something like sure, that. Sure. Yeah. And, and that can be uh, definitely sinful. Sure. Well, let's pick up and talk about, um, you know, you, you again, you mentioned fear as one of those things that mm-hmm. can a lot of times uh, be part of, it can be tied to doubt. Let's talk about that coming up next. We need to take a short break, but we're going to be right back as we continue our conversation on doubt. And of course, on the other side of that, we're going to be looking at how we can grow in faith, how we can grow in trust and that we don't let that doubt overwhelm and conquer us, that we look and keep our eyes fixed on Christ, that we grow in that relationship, and how we do that. That'll be part of our conversation coming up next here on The Inner Life. If you'd like to call in and speak with Father Hartgee, again, the phone number, 888-914-9149. Maybe you're going through those doubts that you're struggling with right now in your life. Maybe it's something that you've dealt with in the past, and what has been, uh, what have been the things that have helped you through that time of doubt that allowed you to then come through stronger in your faith, in your trust in Christ? We'd love to hear your story. 888-914-9149. Back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com slash Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and it's always such a delight to be able to spend this hour with you. I'm so glad that you are listening here to The Inner Life today as we're talking with Father Michael Hartgee. He is a priest in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio, and we're talking about the doubts that we face in our lives and inviting your phone calls. Maybe you're struggling with certain doubts right now, things that you want to believe, (laughs) but for whatever reason— there's just that that obstacle there. You just can't seem to get past it, and it's holding you back. You feel like, oh, I just I, I want I want to be able to get past this. Don't seem able to. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Hartgee. Our phone number here eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. And uh, Father, let's talk about. Um, Uh, Well, I I had mentioned at the beginning of the hour certain people that we see in Scripture, and so maybe we can talk about that before we get into the question of fear and how that can Mm -hmm. be paralyzing, how that can lead into or be even um, something that comes out of of the doubts we experience. Um, The story of Zechariah. We have Mm -hmm. uh, the father of John the Baptist, and he doesn't believe what's told him right away. And there's consequences for this. He's struck mute. He can't speak for months. We, when we doubt, might not experience something so drastic related to our doubting. But what what can doubt do for us, I guess, in the long run? And, and I might even say it more, what... Um, 
What might be some of the unrealized, unnoticed consequences and impact on our spiritual lives of doubting that hold us back from making that progress in our relationship with Christ? Yeah, yeah, and I, I love that example of, of Zechariah. And like you said in the beginning of the show too, we just uh, you know had that in, in Advent with the coming of, of John the Baptist. So we can we can see in him. So he was you know struck mute, and maybe see some of that in ourselves when when we're uh, when we're doubting. Uh, it, it's that sort of paralysis, that um, that indecision, the. Um, that 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 can lead to um, something that's that can be detrimental in our our spiritual life, which would then just be like some shame or embarrassment, you know, that that, that builds up in in someone, and 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 then like a hardness of heart, and and so you know, these 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 kind of this 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 doubt in that way, kind of going through some of those some of those steps or, or stages. Um, can lead to that hardness of heart, whereas, like, you know, if, if it was sort of, um, you know, it, it's just something be, to be unsure of or, or, or some doctrine of the faith that I, I can't wrap my, my mind around, then it leads to, like, just this, this refusal and this, and this hardness of heart, which is completely um, antithetical <laughs> to what we are called to be as, as Christians, is to not have, have hard hearts, but um, kind of like what St. Paul says, you know, have, have a firm heart. Have a heart that's set directly on 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 the Lord, um, who ultimately, if we keep going to to Him, we keep going to to Christ, um, helps us to to overcome whatever very real doubts might might be happening in our our lives, and yeah, and, and so it it shouldn't be uh, it shouldn't be minimized. Um, and then another I don't know I guess danger too would be something we see a lot in in our own day and time is just um, uh, relativism. You know that that kind of truth is is what I, I I make of it. I'm not I'm not sure about something, um, or I don't like the answer that I got from from someone. I I, I want to discredit, and um, and and so I'm just gonna I'm gonna allow myself to to persist in um, in, in in doubt and lack of, of certitude, and then you know I can make up make up my own truth. And, and we see and we see the the the, the significant spiritual effects of. Um, that relativistic thinking in our own in our own culture. I mean, the the list is as long as our arm. We could yeah. go through it if we wanted to take the time. Well, and you know, thinking of the the other famous doubting person that we have in the New Testament, Thomas. You know, after the resurrection, he's the one who says, "Until I see, until I put my you know hand in his side, and you know, put my finger in the nail scar there in his hand, I will not believe." And you know, I, I think that's—it's a pretty natural response for most of us. I want to be able to test this with, you know, my five senses. Is it something I can see or hear or touch? Thomas isn't turned away because he doesn't believe initially, but Jesus has those words for him. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe— so, you know, Jesus makes the point, yeah, you believe, and he, he accepts him, but he does make that point. It's better to believe without needing that proof that Thomas required. So again, without falling into a place of being naive or gullible, how do you think we can better grow so that we can believe in the things that we don't have that tangible, sensational, you know, ability to touch, see, hear? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question, and it's one that a lot of people struggle with. And um, whether they're they're maybe thinking about coming into the church, whether they've been Catholic their whole lives, there might be um, you know yeah a certain teaching or, or something like that that they that we can't they can't get their mind around, they can't grasp. Um, and 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 so frequently, uh, people might say, well. Um, I don't understand, you know, this or that. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to suspend my 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 belief in it until I understand it. And and I think part of that that passage of of Thomas is is you know Jesus trying to to get us to that to that point, um, kind of giving us the, the the permission to kind of lay down arms a little bit, and and believe in him, believe in his truths, believe in. Um, the, the the this 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 you know these revealed doctrines things that seem kind of so strange and, and mysterious to us and, and whatever else and uh and then and then see like in that in that belief in that sort of willful ascent uh the more we pray with it the more we kind of live out some of these um revealed truths and, and principles uh the more we come to understand them if we try to do it the other way and say well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna believe this until i fully understand it well then we're never gonna get off the couch you know um, and and so I think he partly he you know, our Lord does want to lead us to that. It's like is is is, is these you know these these things are not going to be first of all fully understood at all in our our lifetime. So many of them who can comprehend the, the you know the Trinity or, or actually Christ in the Eucharist. But um, but we 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 believe in these things. We we live them as they are true. And and in doing that, they they kind of become little by little uh, more clear to us more real, uh, more tangible, because we've, um, you know, we've, we've said yes to the Lord. Uh, it's okay. Yes. I, I, I believe this. I believe what you say is true now. Um, now help me understand it. Yeah. <laughs> well, as, as best as I can right now, because yeah, as you said, yeah. you know, full understanding that's going to be most likely in, in certain instances, certain things that we believe right. will never have a perfect and complete understanding. Um, but that's good. I mean, it, it lets it keeps us in our place, right? <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, not yeah, God, sure. right, a, right, right. you know, and and uh, I <laughs> I need that humility, um, Father. Right. Let's go to the phones again. The phone number, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Michael Hartje, the phone number is eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. How can we overcome those doubts that we face in our life? Maybe you're struggling with doubt right now in some way in your spiritual growth, in your spiritual journey, and you'd like to speak with Father Hartje, 888-914-9149. Maybe you've made it through that time of doubt, something that helped you. What was it? We'd love to hear your story. Again, call us, 888-914-9149. Father Darlene is listening in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi, Darlene. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, um, hi, Father. Darling. I would like to. Hi, I would like to know how to help a, an eighteen-year-old who came to me for help, who is going through, currently going through RCIA, and will be receiving her sacraments this Easter. Um, and now she doesn't want to go through it because she told me she's going through some doubts and she's not a hundred percent sure of her faith at this point. So I would like to know how to help her. Yeah, Darlene. Oh, gosh, excellent um, question, I guess. And 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 first of all, I guess just to encourage her in in what initially drew her to the faith. I mean, it's um, for for you said she was a teenager. I think eighteen, maybe. Um, if I heard you right, but 
but yeah, it's fair to, to encourage, encourage this person, um, for one, just taking that, that step in, in general to, um, to, to take on some of those RCIA classes, maybe um, ask her a little bit yeah, more about her life and more about her, her journey in that, if, 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 um, unless you, you know it well already. But I guess try, try to draw out some of that, that initial excitement and what drew her to the faith. And, um, you know, and then seeing, seeing where, that, you know, where that leads. And, and, um, and you know, something that also kind of helps, too, in, instead of if somebody has, like, a, a, a direct um, doubt with a, a teaching of the faith, uh, some, some doctrine or something like that, you know, instead of immediately saying, well, here's what it means, <laughs> you know, which is, which is some of our, our, our temptation to just say, well, you know, you're, you're asking this question, here's your answer. Um, to, to ask, ask this person, you know, where does, where does this come from? You know, what, what's, what's going on in your life? What's different now than it was, you know, a few, few months ago when you began maybe in September, whenever RCA started. And, um, and then we can kind of get maybe a little bit down to the, to the, the, the root of what, what is, um, what is causing this, uh, this doubt. And, uh, yeah, and then of course I, I you know, we can't leave her till the end, but you know to go to Our Lady with so much of this, and um, maybe even uh, show her some of those more um, more accessible uh, things in the faith, like like devotion, especially to the you know to the Rosary and 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 the beauty of that that prayer, and and Our Lady can do um, yeah, oftentimes so much more than than you and I can. <laughs> You know, I'd like to go back to something else you said just a moment ago, too, Father, before we spoke with Darlene, you know, that we're not going to know everything. I I don't know if that might Mm -hmm. be part of it, too, Darlene, but when uh, I was on my own journey into the Church, and I was going through RCIA, I actually stopped and I backed out. I didn't come into the Church at Easter. It actually was later in the summer that I was received into the Church, um, because I started getting fear and, you know, these worries that I, I don't feel like I know enough. You know, is there something that I, I'm, I'm going to become Catholic and then I'm going to all of a sudden find something new <laughs> that, that I didn't know that Catholic Church believes in, and I'm going to have this huge regret, oh no, what did I do here? And um, the, the leader of the RCIA program at our parish, it was this wonderful priest, Father Dawson. He was from South Africa, and he was so understanding, and he said, no, everybody's on their own journey, and Josh, you know, just make sure you spend time in prayer, and God will lead you where he wants you. And he was, he was so comforting in that, and that was the beginning of a few months where I was able to really spend that time in prayer. I took his advice to heart. And, you know, the not feeling like I had to be rushed or pushed into anything, that I had the ability, had that time to be able to say, okay, do do I really, is this where God is calling me? And I walked into the church with more certainty and a stronger faith, and a gift of faith, a true gift that God had given me during that time um, that made me so overwhelmingly at peace and so excited, so joyful to be able to be received into the church. And and when I was received, there were some of the people that were in my RCIA class there, and they came up after 
uh, I was confirmed and said, oh, now it feels like everything's complete. You know, we, we missed not having you there at Easter, and now it feels like our class is complete. So, um, you know, keep on praying, Darlene, and encourage that young, that young person to pray as well. Um, Father, let's try and get one more phone call in before we go to our next break here. Let's go to, um, let's go to James. James is listening in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, James. Sounds like you've got a question for Father. Yeah, I just had a question that kind of related to doubt and where free will is um, the most obvious solution and how, how does that reflect on our daily decisions? You know, is it is it limited? Is it in every decision that we make? Or is there specific um, situations that we can apply that life um, model for free will? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, James. Um, so that yeah, free will is is you know is always in in play, and that's um, certainly a great gift that you know that God gave us so as to not um, uh, coerce our 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 decisions or coerce our our love uh, for Him, but um, but to allow us to, to choose freely, and that and that works yeah with in both ways with uh, with with you know choosing the good. And uh, you know, no matter how much maybe the, the evil one might might tempt us or have those little little thoughts in our our mind, as strong and 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 powerful as they are, um, to maybe be tempted to make a bad decision or or tempted to you know to, to really really doubt something that again maybe the church might hold up for for us for for certainty. We have free will to oppose that too, as strong as it might as strong as it might feel. Um, but yeah, that 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 free will is. Um, is is always in in play, and um, you know God doesn't God doesn't restrict that. I would say that that the the, the grace and, and prayer um, really just um, builds on that and 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 uh, sort of perfects our our free will to to choose the good. And so we don't want to get caught in that trap of of you know thinking that well if I if I give my life over you know to God and and you know and assent to Him. That I'm all of a sudden less free than what I was, you know, before. Well, in fact, it makes us makes us more, you know, more more free, more uh, who we were were made to be in his in his eyes, and and that's a, a certainly um, countercultural to the uh, to the world uh, who says that in order to be free, you gotta be able to do and think and say whatever it is, you know, whatever that comes to mind at at your uh, at your moment. But in those you know, times, we'd, we'd say maybe our, our free will is. Um, is not as uh, uh, tried as 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 somebody who who is uh, you know a, a believer and and just is is kind of living in in God's freedom. But yeah, I don't know if that if that helps. Yeah, and James, we do need to go to a break here, but I, I hope that is helpful. And uh, you know, one of the one of the the things that I remember hearing as far as free will um, that I thought was a great illustration is. When you're driving down a road and there's a a ravine on one of the sides there, you know the idea that there's not a guardrail gives you the freedom to drive off the road and you know go down to that fall down that ravine. But that's not true freedom. That actually means that you're not getting to your end destination as you want to. But if there is that guardrail that helps keep you safer, is going to keep you on the road. That gives you more freedom to make it to your end destination 
to that whatever town or city or location you're traveling, and you don't have to worry that you're not going to make it there. So that's the true freedom that we get to experience when we follow the plan, the path that God has for us, when we stay in those boundaries that he wants for our lives. Uh, Again, our phone number, if you would like to call in and speak with Father Michael Hartgee, 888-914-9149, Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com, talking about the doubts that we struggle with, that we face in our lives, what can help us to be able to move past those, how we can grow in faith, how we can grow in trust, grow in our relationship with Christ, and again, you can call in and speak with Father Hartgee, 888-914-9149. Back with more of your phone calls right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help with this year's health insurance open enrollment. They offer individual, couple, and family options to best fit your needs. Before January 15th, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Thanks for listening to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I want to say thank you to Nick Sentovich and Cyrus Simcoe helping to produce the program today. And I want to thank you for listening, of course, because uh, it's wonderful to be able to share this hour together. It's, it's uh, always a joy that we can look at how we can grow in relationship with Christ, that we have that opportunity here every day on The Inner Life and you are a big part of that. Of course, want to invite you to call in uh, with your questions, with your stories, as we talk about how we can overcome doubt in our lives, how we can strengthen uh, our faith, how we can grow in trust of God, His plan for us. Our phone number, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And if you joined us uh, late into the hour, I'll encourage you, as I always do, go listen to the full hour, the full podcast. It'll be posted here shortly after the program ends. You can find that at our website, relevantradio.com, or through the Relevant Radio app. And Father, before we get back to the phones, uh, you know, one of the things that we often want to do whenever we're struggling with doubt in our lives, we want to seek out the help of others. I mean, that's part of what this hour is right now. You know, people are calling in asking for your advice, for your counsel in their lives. Uh, Can you talk about the importance of who we seek out to, you know, to get that advice, that counsel, you know, to make sure that, okay, am I going crazy here because I'm really struggling with this doubt? Um, You know, there's going to be some people that can be helpful. There's going to be some people who might not be as helpful, or we might find ourselves uh, maybe leading them into to areas of doubt themselves. Yeah, Josh, no, that's a—I think you make a great point, um, uh, you know, about that, because there, there is that temptation. If we, if we doubt something, then, then I got to—especially some of these very meaningful things in our life, there's a temptation then to, to ask— Every every listening ear, everyone who has a, a willing ear, um, about this this doubt or this problem that I have this uh, this uncertainty, and and I and, as, and you're right, we want people to call in as purpose of the the show and and, and listen. So um, not to discourage that, but um, you know, but after that, I, I would encourage people maybe just consider and it 
this is obviously a need for nuance, but but consider, okay, I, I, I as an act of mortification, I can uh, I'll, I'll bring up this doubt or this uncertainty to to one or two trusted people, and then I'm going to leave it leave it there. And, 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 you know, bring it up at the appropriate times to those, you know, a couple of people, you know, a parish priest or spiritual director or some expert on the matter or something like that. And then I'm just going to, like, leave it there, even if it's, like, really, you know, really bothering me. As an active, like, kind of spiritual mortification um, to then also give myself uh, the, the, the opportunity to let God act and speak in, in, in my life. And uh, so we see that throughout the, the scriptures, even with, you know, St. Joseph. I mean, he wasn't... Um, yeah, he was kind of certain as far as what, you know, divorcing Mary we, we see in the scriptures. But then, you know, he allowed, um, he slept on it. He allowed God some time to, to work and act before acting on that, on that decision. So in those, in those moments where we, we, we are kind of, kind of discipline ourselves to not ask everyone under the sun about our doubt, ask a few trusted people, and then, um, and then give some opportunity and some space for, for God to, to act and to, to speak to our hearts and, and, encourage us and console us. Yeah. Father, let's go back to the phones and go to Melissa, who is calling in from Fresno, California. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to The Inner Life. What's your question for Father? Thank you so much for taking my call. That last statement really did help a lot. I struggle with where God is taking me in my life. So I believe in Him. I believe in I pray that I accept his will, and I'm a lector. So this morning um, I read at Mass, and in preparation for it, I, I read ahead of time and throughout the week. And one of the um, one of the passages in the first reading from a letter of St. John was, um, it says, whoever does not believe God has made him a liar by not believing the testimony God has given about his son. I never thought about that, even though, I know in my doubt, it's not a doubt of belief that he exists. It's a doubt that he is, I don't even know if I should say it this way, taking care of me because I have so many things in my life that don't go good or don't go as what I would, how I would want them to go. Um, But I am guilty of also speaking to any ear who listens. And so right now what you Mm. just said, because I have had messages of silence, learn to be more quiet, learn to just accept it's okay. I will carry that cross, but it gets at me because I, I do struggle with fear. I'm a mom of five. One has special needs. So don't run in the road. Don't play outside. Watch who you're with. You don't go alone with anybody. All those outside fears, sometimes get in the way of me trusting God. And so... Yeah, Melissa. We, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, Melissa, beautifully said. Clean, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I just, yeah, I want to, you know, in, in encourage you that... Um, you said a couple of very important things in the very beginning. You, you said, I believe in God, right? And so that can just continue to be part of your prayer. You, you elect her at Mass, so you're, you're immersing yourself in, in the Scriptures. Those are not small things. 
And and then in the you know if if just if you can keep that up, um, and uh, and and inviting him into those moments where as a mother I'm sure you feel uh, like you said fear, uh, isolation, doubt, and, and worry, and all these all these things that 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 come to a mind of a of a of a mother who has um, you know plenty to plenty to think about. You know we 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 like you said kind of in your silence. Uh, place those cares on on God, who even if you don't feel like it, knows know know that He loves you, um, you know, endlessly, and 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 uh, and 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 you know, cares a great deal about you, and and it kind of goes to what we said earlier in the program that that the evil one just loves to sow these little, um, yeah, seeds of of questioning God's uh, God's presence in our lives and 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 His love for us and. And so you kind of know where those thoughts are are are, are coming from and, and where they'll end up, and then uh, and how to then to hopefully you know kind of resist them. And it's hard to think we're not even out the Christmas season yet, but Lent is coming up, and and now those times of silence um, can be good mortifications and and can be very very fruitful. So um, yeah, I want to encourage you in your uh, motherhood and family life, and 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 how you know Christ really just is and, and wants to be the center of that. Yeah, Melissa, I'm really glad you called in, and, uh, you know, listening to what she said and your response, Father, it it also makes me think it's really important that we we exercise good remembering skills. And what I mean by that is when God has worked in the past in our lives, because there might not be the, the question of doubt in the reality, the existence of God, but as she was saying, you know, God, are you there I'm worried you're not paying attention or you're not taking mm-hmm. care of me. And to be able to say, okay, where are those points in the past that I can see God did work in my life? He did answer my prayers. He He is there caring for me. Even if I don't feel it right now, I can look back and trust because of those moments in the past where I have seen him at work. And Father, um, as we're coming to the end of the hour here, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you as well is about different saints that might be good resources, or maybe uh, some different books, different uh, teachers in the church that can help us. You know, if we're really struggling with doubts, any books you might recommend? Um, yeah, books on uh, on, on doubt—that's good. Well, it, it, certainly a. Uh, Spiritual writer that uh, that I found help answer some questions in my own life is uh, Thomas Dubay. Um, he's a good one, especially this little book he has called um, "Happy Are You Poor." Um, that's kind of more on on, on just kind of living out the, that virtue of, of, of poverty. But uh, but as we know, when we grow in in in, in one virtue, we um, really kind of rise with with all right. of them. So um, yeah, he's a good good spiritual author, and then. Um, Hopefully, overcoming doubt is going to the Gospels and going to those letters. Sure. And uh, I, I almost never fail when I, I, op- I open up my Bible, New Testament especially, to find some passage that's um, that's consoling. Well, Father, we are down to only about 20 seconds here. It's been so good to talk with you. I hope we can have you on again sometime soon. But in these we remaining do. moments, could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? Sure. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of our lives and for the gift of uh, your incarnate Son, which we celebrate in this Christmas season. We ask you to uh, keep us always in the protection of the Holy Family. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again, Father. Stay tuned. Mass starts in just a few moments here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Have a blessed weekend.